So I hate Takis. Um, and if you say you like them, you're lying to yourself. Yes, you guys, I was reading the ingredients of this bag. No, I'm not like an ingredient person. I, made, I ate my weight earlier in gummy worms, okay? So I'm not that girl. But this literally says on here, it contains palm and slash or soybean and slash or canola, uh, canola oil. They don't even know what they're putting in here, okay? That is terrifying. They're like, yeah, that might be in there or this could be or this could be and yet we still eat it. I don't know. They're nasty. And again, I feel like if you like them, you're, there's something wrong with your taste buds. I also, I don't like that song, Talky Talky. That is so annoying. Oh my gosh. It's so annoying. And I feel like, yes, it reached the charts for maybe a few weeks, but I feel like that's only because there are some people out there who feel bad about something they've done in the past. And so they punish themselves by turning on that song and making themselves listen to it. Okay. That's how terrible that song is. That's really how I feel. I'm just not sure that the branding of this series really reaches the white girl in her twenties demographic. And that's the that's who I am. So it's fine. I hope that you guys enjoy it. But while I don't love talkies or the song, I do very much enjoy the topic of the series. And whenever I get an opportunity to tell a story about Jesus from the Bible, which doesn't happen as often as you'd think it would for a full-time pastor, um, but I get so, so excited. And I always love to teach about Jesus' interactions with women during the time of the Bible. There are so many instances where he speaks to women in such incredible and powerful and revolutionary way for that time. And also, um, as previously stated, I'm a woman, and so when I get to tell stories about women in the Bible, it's pretty cool. And there's only so many times we can preach on Esther's, guys. There's only so many times, okay? And so today we're telling one of the stories, it's like top three of my favorites from the Bible. And this story, is about a woman and his, her interaction with Jesus. Now, at this point in Jesus' story, he's at the very beginning of his ministry. So we all know Jesus was sent down here from heaven to be born a baby, but he didn't stay cute little baby Christmas Jesus. He grew up. And there's a big gap in what Jesus' story is in the Bible. So we know that he was a baby, we heard about the story that Pastor Joe talked about last week where he's a little older than a baby. Then we really don't have much more that we know for sure. But then Jesus' story picks back up when he's around 30 years old or so, and he's really beginning to gain traction with his ministry. But this is the very beginning. So not many people know who Jesus is. They don't understand that he's the son of God, and not very many people had interacted with him at this point. So he still has a very, very small following. And at this point in his ministry, he decides that he is going to go to a town called Samaria. And there he encounters a woman. Let's check out the story. Would you give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman 
I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come out new in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. Okay, so you're probably wondering, why is this woman interacting with Jesus in this way? She seems kind of standoffish. She's kind of rude. All the man is doing is asking for a cup of water, and she's acting like he's asking for her firstborn. And so there's a few things that you need to understand about what's going on in this time of history to make her interaction make sense. So the first thing you need to understand, Jesus was a Jewish man. Did you all know that? Okay, okay, just making sure. So, Jewish man. Now, obviously, we as Christians, we believe in Jesus Christ, but Christianity didn't come until after he died on the cross. Everyone before that believed in the same God that we do. We're all considered to be Jewish people. So, Jesus grew up in a Jewish world. He read the Jewish Bible. He subscribed to the Jewish laws. And so, that's the first thing you need to understand is Jesus is a Jewish man. The next thing you need to understand is how Jewish men interacted and understood women, okay? So the Mishnah, which is the book of Jewish law, has this direct quote that I'm about to read. And so this is the law, this is the culture that Jesus is growing up in, and this is what it says about women. It says, and talk not much with womankind. He that talks much with womankind brings evil upon himself and neglects the study of the law. Icky. Yes, I agree. I am also offended. Um, what's interesting about this quote is you're probably thinking, let's leave it up there for a second. You're probably thinking, oh, well, that's probably just like, you're not supposed to talk to like promiscuous women. You're not supposed to talk to other women that are married. Like this is just to help protect marriages, right? No, this quote is referring to the man's wife. So it is saying, not only should you not talk to women, but you really shouldn't even talk to your wife that much. It can bring evil upon yourself. Men were not to speak to women that they were not married to. And if they were married to them, they were taught to speak to them as minimally as possible. So Jesus is speaking to a woman. That's already in itself a big deal. The second thing we need to understand is that this woman was a Samaritan. Well, why does that matter? Basically, a Samaritan were a group of people that did not get along with Jewish people in this time. Jewish people considered Samaritans to be half-breeds. They were seen as inferior, and the two groups absolutely hated each other. So Jesus is talking to a woman, and this woman also is a Samaritan, and these two groups are never supposed to interact. Then lastly, the third thing we need to understand is that this woman was not just a Samaritan. She had also been married five times. Now, even in today's culture, if someone has been married and divorced even a couple of times, we judge them. We think, well, what did they do to deserve that divorce. How did they ruin their marriage? Why can't this woman seem to keep a man? And while that is wrong, that's the truth. And so now this woman 
2,000 years ago have been divorced and remarried five times. So you can imagine how even the people in her own culture, there were also Samaritans, judged her, looked down on her, and called her promiscuous or slutty. That's why she mentions in that video that we just watched that she has to go to the well in the heat of the day because she couldn't go in the morning because that's when all of the other Samaritan women went to the well and they refused to be seen with her. So she was ostracized and outcasted even by her own people, the Samaritans, and even women refused to interact with her. This is the woman that Jesus comes and speaks to. This is the woman that Jesus comes directly to Samaria in order to tell his story. He chose her. So let's see what happens next in their interaction. I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Okay, pause again. What? what? What are you talking about, Jesus? The woman is just trying to get her water, right? She's just at this well. She just wants to dip her bucket into the well, go home, and continue her secret life of shame, but at least she can be alone by herself. But Jesus, who in breaking with all customs of the day, has asked for her for a drink and said that there was more that he wanted to give her and that he was there to offer her. What exactly is he offering? What exactly is he trying to give? Well, he says the words, living water. What does this mean? What makes the water living? Why is he saying that a person that drinks water from him will never go thirsty again? Well, John 7 tells us the answer. This is Jesus speaking. He says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so Jesus is speaking to this woman. He is saying, yeah, you may be thirsty again. But he's not talking about physical thirst. He's talking about a thirst for greater connection. See, up in this point in history, the Holy Spirit absolutely existed, but it only came upon people that were really, really maybe high up in government, like kings, or maybe prophets. And so not everybody was at liberty to be able to be exposed to or experience the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is saying, 
I have come so that I can give you the Holy Spirit. You, not the religious leaders, not the kings, not even the men that work in the temples, but you, a Samaritan woman, an outcast, I have come to bring you living water, my Holy Spirit. Let's see what happens next. The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. Okay, so Jesus just calls her out for sleeping around. That's seriously what he just did. And you are thinking, savage, Jesus, ouch. This is this woman's first encounter with you and that's how you are going to speak to her? No, bad. But he is very strategic. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not being cruel. Instead, this is his way of showing the woman that he knew things about her that he had no way of knowing. He knew intimate details of her life and they had never spoken before. He had never been through Samaria before and yet he knew this woman's exact, exact story. How? Because of the living water, because of the Holy Spirit, he needed to get her attention. He needed to her to understand that he had living water, Holy Spirit, and it was powerful. And he was offering her that same spirit, that same power. He was saying, enough judgment, enough sacrifices, enough men standing here in robes preaching and yelling at you and condemning you. Instead, I am offering you living water, power. How else would I have known these details about your life? We'll fast forward now a little bit in their conversation, and we'll see this last interaction between these two. I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He came to Samaria for her. The very first person on earth that Jesus reveals himself to as the Messiah 
is her. Not the religious leaders, not anyone high up in government, not even his friends, but this woman. She at first was outcasted, she felt judged, ostracized, and by the end of their conversation, she is saying, I will go and I will tell everyone who you are. I will tell them of your power. I will tell them of this living water. I will tell them that you are the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And he said, I was hoping you would say that. Her, the outcast, the tramp. Crossbreed. He chose her. So, what can we learn from this story? What is Jesus trying to say to us through this? Number one, I think he wants us to know that who Jesus picks may surprise you. Jesus picks people that may surprise you. 1 Samuel 16 7 says, The Lord. He doesn't look at things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks at the heart. I think there's a myth out there that says that you have to be a good Christian for God to be able to love you or use you. But Jesus shatters this myth over and over and over again in the Bible, in this story and in today's world as well. He constantly chooses the people that make no sense, that shock everyone around them, and that is why we have to be careful about making assumptions and judgments about God's people. We don't want to be like those girls that wouldn't go down to the well with the woman because she was considered to be too slutty. They were too ashamed to walk with her. We don't want to be those women. We don't want to be like the Jewish people that look down on the Samaritans because they were considered to be an inferior race. We don't want to be those people. We don't want to be the people that look down our noses at people that we feel like aren't as good as us, that make people resent Christianity and Jesus because we're not portraying him well. God doesn't look at the things that we see. He can see the heart. Now, I've made so many snap judgments in my life. All the time, I think, God could never use that person. They aren't good enough. They aren't old enough. They aren't smart enough. They don't live the right lifestyle. They don't work hard enough. They aren't enough of this. They aren't enough of that. And then my jaw drops to the floor over and over and over again when those are the very people that God uses the most. After all, what better way for him to be able to show his love and his glory? When God, when Jesus looks down at us, they don't see the things that we see. They see a beautiful, perfect creation. Doesn't matter the age, the gender, the skin color, the background. And do you really want to be the person that says differently? I think a lot of us can make some jokes sometimes. We can say things about the way a person looks, maybe about their race, and we justify it and we say, oh, we're just kidding. It's just a joke. 
We don't mean it. We're just being funny. Come on, lighten up. But I don't think Jesus would think it was funny. We can't excuse racism. We can't excuse judgmental behavior. We can't keep ruling people out because of the things that we see. Because the key point in this point that Jesus picks people that may surprise you is the Jesus part. Jesus picks people, not us. He's the one that picks them, and he chose the Samaritan woman, and he chose right. The second thing we can take from this story is that his Holy Spirit, his living water, is for everyone. Jesus wasn't going to the religious leaders or the government leaders first and saying, hey, here's the Holy Spirit. You're righteous enough. You're good enough. You're old enough. You're holy enough. Here, have my Holy Spirit. He went straight to the bottom of the totem pole, to the woman. And the same thing goes for us. There's no junior Holy Spirit that is given to teenagers. There's no Holy Spirit light that is given to those of us who haven't been in our walk as long. The Holy Spirit is for everyone, and the power that he gives is also for everyone. Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he lives within you. That means that you are powerful, that you have living water living within you. You have the power that raised Jesus from the dead within you. And so if you ever feel like, well, not me. I'm too messed up for God. I haven't been a Christian for very long. He doesn't care about me or what I need or what I have to say. And everyone looks down on me, so why wouldn't God? These are all lies. Jesus went to Samaria for one reason, to speak to the woman. And then he sent the Holy Spirit so that he could speak to her, Speak to us anytime, not just when he happened to be going through Samaria or Grand Junction for that matter. John 16, 7 says, but in fact, and again, this is Jesus speaking. He says, it's best for you if I go away. It's best for you if I die, because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, he won't be able to come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you, to you. There's this cheesy rom-com called Sweet Home Alabama. Um, Don't watch it. This is not me advocating for the movie. I'm not recommending it. In fact, I encourage you not to watch it. There's much better ways to spend your time. But as I was writing this sermon, the Holy Spirit brought the scene of this movie into my mind. And it's the scene where the main character, Reese Witherspoon, do you guys still know who Reese Witherspoon is or is she too old? Okay. Two of you know who she is. Awesome. Okay, so she's the main character in this movie, and she is the wrong Kong girl, right? She's falling for the boy, and she says this to him in exactly this way, the boy that she's in love with. She says, why do you want to marry me anyhow? I swear that's how she sounds, okay? It's the worst. Why do you want to marry me anyhow? And the man that she's speaking to replies, so I can kiss you anytime I want. That's a good reason to get married. So you can make out anytime. Yeah, super firm foundation, really great basis. But I bring this up because I feel like if we were to ask Jesus, 
well, Jesus, why'd you have to die on the cross anyhow? He would, of course, reply, well, so you can go to heaven so I could die on the cross for your sins. But then I think he would add, also, so that I can be near you anytime I want. I feel like that's what he's saying. I died on that cross for your sins because I love you, but also so I can be near you anytime I want. Samaritan woman, religious leader, all of us in between. He died for you. He loves you. He chose you. And so if you're feeling like you aren't seen, like you're looked over, like you're judged, like you aren't enough of something, remember the woman at the well. Remember how Jesus saw her. He went out of his way to speak to her. He wanted her to be the one to tell everyone about him. Remember her. And if you feel like you've been judged or you've judged based on the way that other people look, maybe you've judged because of other things that people have done, you can just ask for forgiveness and also remember the woman at the well. She had done bad things too. And yet Jesus still saw her and wanted to use her. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much. I love who you are, and I pray that throughout this series, you continue to reveal yourself to us, that we can understand that you're not judgmental, that you're not mean, that you're not harsh, but instead you are loving, beautiful, wonderful Father that wants to continue to reveal yourself to us. And so I just pray that we can remember the woman at the well that when we're feeling looked over, when we're feeling ostracized, outcasted, that we can remember that we're probably the very ones that you want to use to show your glory. And that whenever we're feeling guilty or maybe like we've messed up because we've judged someone or we underestimated someone, again, remind us that you can use people that are broken and hurting and messed up too. That's why you came. We love you so much. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.